Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and other cool stuff. Today, in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we're going to talk all about the word junior, how to write it, and when to use it. Plus, we'll talk about how the burger joint Carl's Jr. got its name, and then about Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, because one thing leads to another. In the United States, we celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day on the third Monday in January. At least that's the common name for the occasion. According to the U.S. Government Printing Office Style Manual, the official name of the holiday is Birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. But with either name, writers have to contend with that tricky junior on or near the end. Should you put a comma before it or not? You see it both ways. One reason is that the official name of the holiday includes a comma, but many of the major style guides omit the comma from the holiday name and say to omit commas before junior in names in general. For example, the Associated Press says not to use a comma before designations such as junior and senior, and specifically does not include a comma in the name Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The Chicago Manual of Style says the comma is not required before junior and also writes the holiday name without it. It's still a style choice, though. Garner's Modern English Usage says both forms are correct and has an interesting note saying that all the editions of the elements of style through 1972 called for a comma before junior. But then the 1979 edition changed and said not to use a comma because E.B. White became convinced that junior is restrictive rather than parenthetical. One benefit of omitting the comma before junior, which usually means you use a comma after junior too in a sentence, is that it makes the possessive easier. Back in 2017, The New Yorker, which does use commas around junior, had a ridiculously awkward headline about Donald Trump Jr.'s love for Russian dirt that actually wrote it Trump, J.R., period, comma, apostrophe, S., which they insisted was their style. It looked so bad. But even if you don't put the comma before the apostrophe like they did, it's still ridiculously awkward. The Chicago Manual of Style also specifically recommends against making junior and senior possessive if you put the commas around them, suggesting that instead of writing something like John Doe Sr.'s speech, 
you should rephrase it to avoid the strange punctuation and write something like the speech by John Doe Sr. So now, what if someone is referred to as the third? Well, you can use either the Roman numeral, III, or the Arabic numeral, third, after the name. And I love that without any evidence at all, Garner's modern English usage says the Roman numerals are more pretentious. Now, when you're speaking the name, you say the third, but when you're writing the name, you don't include the word the before the numeral. Junior, senior, third, and so on are only used when you're writing someone's full name. In publications, for example, you shouldn't refer to Bobby Jr. or Mr. Smith Sr. unless you're quoting someone who referred to Bobby or Mr. Smith that way. If a person uses junior as a name instead of abbreviating it, write it capitalized as a full word, just like a name or any other nickname. And in case you were wondering, a woman can be a junior too. Now, people don't give their daughters junior names very often, maybe because if you're into the whole family name legacy thing, it doesn't work well with women because they often take their husband's name when they get married, so then the name changes anyway. But I did find a few examples. The designer Carolina Herrera named her daughter Carolina Herrera Jr., and First Lady Anna Eleanor Roosevelt named her first daughter Anna Eleanor Roosevelt. Although it's not clear to me that the younger Anna was ever referred to as Junior, I did find court documents that referred to the mother as Anna Eleanor Roosevelt Sr. And a listener named Winnie told me that Rory on the Gilmore Girls officially has the same name as her mom. But fan sites say they have different middle names, so I don't think it counts. All three names, first, middle, and last, need to be identical for someone to be a junior. And that leads us into other interesting etiquette rules. Garner has nearly three full columns reviewing the rules and etiquette that govern these labels. And in addition to the fact that the middle name needs to be the same too, which, by the way, means that George W. Bush is not a junior since his father's name was George H. W. Bush, there was a lot I didn't previously know. First, traditionally, a father doesn't go by senior. Instead, he gets to just use his name, and then the son is supposed to be the one who gets the special call-out as junior. Second, once the father dies, again traditionally, the son drops the junior label and simply uses his name. In other words, Thurston Howell III would only be the third if his father and grandfather are alive. But as Gardner notes, the traditional etiquette rules are often ignored these days. You should read the entire section of Garner's if you have access to the book. It's fascinating. So getting back to the commas, since it's a style choice, what do you do if, say, you're following Associated Press style, which says not to use the comma, but the person you're writing about asks you to use it because they use the comma in their own name? I'm not a very combative editor, so I'd do whatever the person wants, figuring it's that person's name, and if they feel strongly enough about it to ask, why do I care? But the Associated Press, which has more of an interest in upholding rules across a large organization, has guidance suggesting that they would still leave out the comma. I was kind of surprised because they generally say to honor a person's wishes about their own name. But, for example, an editor's Q&A notes that they wouldn't leave the period off junior if someone requests it because it's not their style to do so. 
Many years ago, Jonathan Owen, an editor who blogs at Errant Pedantry, made a compelling case about why people shouldn't be allowed to insist on a comma when the style says to leave it out. His main point is that punctuation is different from spelling, that spelling can vary from name to name and is in a way the essence of the name, but that punctuation is just a formatting issue that should follow standard conventions. Getting back to yesterday's holiday, the general modern style is to write names such as Martin Luther King Jr. without the comma before Jr. That's what you'll see in newspapers and on websites. But if you write for a government publication or website that follows USGPO's style, you should include the comma before Jr. because that's how that style guide does it. It was definitely the style in the past to put a comma before Jr., and that's probably why the official name of the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. includes a comma. But things have changed, and current styles widely favor leaving out the comma. Since we're on the topic of Jr. and unusual punctuation, it reminded me of the odd name of a fast food burger restaurant, Carl's Jr., As an undergrad, I knew two Italian exchange students who were confounded by Carl's Jr. They had learned about how English apostrophes work, and Carl's Jr. just did not make any sense to them. They thought it had to be Carlos Jr. or that we were just messing with them. The story is that there really was a Carl, and his name was Carl Karcher. In 1941, he opened a hot dog cart in Los Angeles with his wife Margaret. And within a few years, they had a whole restaurant called Carl's Drive-In Barbecue. Carl's Jr. came into being in 1956 when they opened two smaller restaurants, one in Anaheim, California, and one in Brea, California. And they called them Jr. because they were smaller versions of the bigger drive-in barbecue. So just like a son who is a junior is maybe thought of as a little version of his father, or at least a chip off the old block, The two junior restaurants were smaller versions of the parent restaurant. The two new restaurants also had simpler menus, so the concept of junior in this case could also mean simpler, kind of like how the game Boggle Junior is a simpler version of the regular Boggle game. But whether they were juniors because they were smaller, or juniors because they were simpler, or both, they were called Carl's Junior Restaurants. And since we're talking about restaurant names, a listener named Mike wrote in asking, what's up with the apostrophe in Ruth's Chris Steakhouse? Seems like a weird name, like it should be Ruth Chris's Steakhouse. Fortunately, the company has the story on its website, and after you hear it, it'll make sense too. There really was a Ruth, and her name was Ruth Fertile. In 1965, she bought a steakhouse in New Orleans called Chris Steakhouse. And she ran the restaurant for many years, turning it into a huge local success, at least according to the website. But in 1976, a kitchen fire destroyed the restaurant. And for some reason, the terms of the sale when she bought the restaurant wouldn't let her open a new restaurant in another location with the name Chris Steakhouse. But she needed to move to stand business after the fire. To get around the problem, she renamed it, putting her name in front. It was her steakhouse, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. And now it all makes sense. And Ruth's Chris Steakhouse now has locations all over the world. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact, with semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch. 
It's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Finally, I have a family story. Hi, Mignon. Uh, my name is Eben, and I've been a fan of your show for a few years. Um, the family elect I wanted to <laughs> offer was hockey, uh, like the sports game. Uh, my grandparents, uh, now long departed, uh, used to refer to hockey as like excrement. Uh, you know, for an example, um, you know, a passing dog. That dog hockeyed in my yard. And as a little kid hearing it, you know, some 47 years ago, um, you know, obviously I could pick up contextually what it meant. And I remember when I was at school, or began school age, using it and the other kids looking at me oddly, uh, which I now know because they knew it as, you know, the game with, you know, sticks and pucks. But my grandparents uh, from Texas uh, referred to it as hockey, uh, you know, excrement, <laughs> poop. <laughs> so thank you again. Um Enjoy your podcast. Uh, looking forward to many more. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much. That was so interesting to me because my dad called it pucky, which sounds really close to hockey. If something wasn't true, he'd say things like, that's horse pucky. Well, believe it or not, the Oxford English Dictionary actually lists hockey as a word for excrement with the label North American slang, originally U.S. regional, chiefly South Midland. Now, those regions are farther north than Texas. They include Oklahoma and Kansas, for example. But the Wikipedia entry says that some regions of Texas actually have more of a South Midland dialect instead of a Southern dialect. So maybe that's why your grandparents picked up the word. 
Or maybe it had already spread farther than the OED first had it, since it specifically said it was originally from the South Midland region. The first citation for hockey with that meaning in the OED is from Transactions of the American Philological Association in 1886. And it's kind of fun because it says, Hockey is used in East Tennessee among little children. So I guess it started with kids. One possibility in the etymology section of the entry is that it came from the Scots word khaki, C-A-C-K-Y, which goes back to at least the 1700s and was also used regionally in the U.S. That comes from khak, which goes all the way back to the 1400s in English, but it comes directly from Latin. The OED labels it obsolete as a verb, but it looks like the noun cack may have had a resurgence in British slang to mean bad, worthless, useless, rubbish, etc. And the OED also has pucky, which it says is also North American slang, although it doesn't say anything about it being limited to a region. Pucky is also much newer, with the first citation being in just 1953. They think it could be a, quote, humorous alteration of hockey, unquote, or, get this, quote, perhaps after the alleged practice of playing ice hockey with a puck made of frozen horse dung, unquote. Who knew you could find such things in the Oxford English Dictionary? Thanks for the call. It was fun to look up the origin of your family's saying and one of my dad's words, too. If you want to share the story of your familect, a family dialect, or a word your family and only your family uses, call the voicemail line at 833214-GIRL, and I might play it on the show. Be sure to tell me the story behind your word and call from a quiet place. Grammar Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. Thanks to my audio engineer, Nathan Sims, and my editor, Adam Cecil, who says he is excited to do his taxes. Our ad operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. And our intern is Cameron Lacey. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.